Welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast, a hopeful and helpful resource from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church in Utah. Each week we will be hearing from our staff as we explore what makes SMCC unique, as well as what it means to be fully devoted and fully delighted in Jesus Christ. We hope this podcast can be a helpful resource for you to take your next step with Jesus. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fully Delighted Podcast. So glad that you guys are here and uh, I'm, I'm back this week uh, on the podcast. And with me, I've got uh, Pastor Eric and Pastor Paul here per usual. Guys, how are you doing? Doing great. Excited to be here. Ready to get going. Yeah, we really enjoyed uh, time last night with our Turning Point class. We had mm-hmm. a little potluck. Eric, you were there. I was. Wow. Nice. What a great group of people. Yeah. If you don't know what Turning Point is, it's our class where people compare and contrast biblical Christianity with Mormonism. And um, it was a wonderful opportunity for people to ask questions. I sat at the table with a bunch of people in their 20s um, that were bringing friends to the to that class. And so... Uh, this class is a part of our SMCCU Discipleship Pathway, and so uh, there's a class for everybody, and uh, someday, hope you take one. The couple that was sitting at my table, um, I, I don't know how I can describe it, but let's just say that they're odd people out in their family. Yeah. Both dads were, you know, dad of the wife, dad of the husband. Uh, bishops, mm. there's state presidents in their family, it's a wow. large family, and um, they are very courageous in their in yeah. what they're doing right now. Yeah, wow. I was honored to be a part of their lives, the courage, um, and the fact that they would trust us uh, as a church in this big transition ser- season of their life is very encouraging. So that was a, that was a cool night. Yep. Wow. Yeah, very cool. Well, with uh, with me coming back this week, we're jumping into uh, chapter 5, verse 13. Kyle Henderson filled in last week for me, and so we're going to kind of basically try to cover the rest of this chapter. Yep. Um, and so what I want to do is read through kind of piece by piece this section, and we can go through it just so we're not reading um, a whole you know large piece at once. So we'll go through different sections here, and um, you guys can kind of give what's, what's in this. Yeah, and Adam, just to get everybody caught up to speed, he's talked about, um, the Apostle Paul is talking about being free in Christ. And if that's the case, the question that usually follows, and people ask us this question all the time, well, if, if I'm free, then I can live however I want. And Paul is going to address that thought here uh, in Galatians. So that's kind of um, the setup to what's about to come. Cool. All right. So, verse 13 starts with this. Uh, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Yeah, I thought we'd just pause right there. Uh, Paul Roby, talk about... Um the flesh. That's a, yeah. it's a really important theme in the New Testament. And in that one word, Paul's assuming the audience knows what, what he's talking about with just that one word. Yeah, that's a tough one for the person that's reading the Bible for the first time, right. especially the New Testament. And so the flesh, by the Apostle Paul uses that term. It means the old nature or our sinful nature. Sometimes it's called the old man or the old self. Mm-hmm. It's the sin nature in every single person uh, that uh, causes us to sin. I like to say we sin because we're sinners. It comes natural to us. Mm -hmm. And so now, as a Christian, we take on a new nature. 
And so the flesh and the spirit are contrasted by the Apostle Paul on a regular basis. One way of thinking is in in concert with God and his purposes, and God is encouraging us and moving us toward a life that reflects him, and then we can fall back into the flesh, and that means we think naturally, uh, we believe the lies that are part of our culture, and we start to try to indulge the flesh. That's a great, that's a great uh, description, Paul. And I think, uh, I think it's important to always note that when someone trusts Christ, their status, their standing before God has changed forever. Righteousness placed into your account, and now I'm in a right relationship with God. And then people think, well, then what happens when I struggle after that, you know? Oh, it's talked about in terms of life uh, with the Spirit or life by the flesh. And I think that is where he's going next. And so mm-hmm. it's always important to remember there's a... There's a uh, permanent uh, exchange that happens, my sin for Christ's righteousness, and that is permanent. But going forward, there is this battle um, Mm -hmm. between the old man and the new man, the flesh and the spirit. And that's what he's fleshing out here. I love the fact that he quotes the golden rule, Mm -hmm. uh, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, This is actually found in other religions in the ancient Middle East, this idea of doing to others what you would have them do for you. If I'm going to be technical, this is actually the only place, uh, let's say biblically, um, it states it in the positive. Do for others what you'd want them to do for you. In the other religions, it's interesting that it's stated negatively. In other words, don't do to others what you don't want them to do to you. Mm-hmm. This is the only positive affirmation of, of actually going out of your way to treat others well. Mm-hmm. And the idea of humility is a very Christian concept. I think we talked about that a week yeah. or two ago. Yeah. yeah, it's so interesting that in our Western world, we treasure certain values and morals, and we think they're just inherent to human life, and they're not. They were presented to us in biblical Christianity, and Jesus uh, embodied that. And I think for for us, we've lost sight of that. And mm-hmm. so we just assume this has always been this way. No, this is this is revolutionary and Christian Christianity revolutionized it. Let me tell you a quick story of growing up. My parents put the golden rule in these um, on the little plaque and that plaque had that type of ink or whatever that the letters would stay lit up at night. Uh, you know, the yeah. glow in the dark yeah. type mm-hmm. of So I'd be laying there trying to fall asleep, and the only thing that I could see was this glow-in-the-dark, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Yeah. And so I grew up with that. So I I really grew up with moralism, mm. and and it's I didn't have the foundation of why would I do that? Yep. And what motivates that? It was just do it. Yeah. It's like, well, who's going to go first? Do I go first and do for them or do they go first? Well, the great news is Jesus went first. So if I've already received that from Jesus, now I can pour out that love to others. I grew up with the same principle in my home. I did not know Jesus said it until I was 19 years old. My parents never told me the other. They just plagiarized Jesus my whole life. I never knew it was him. So I knew I was supposed to be a good person. but I assumed it was going to happen through my willpower. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of sets up what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Now. So he's going to build on this tension between the spirit and the flesh as mm-hmm. Galatians continues. Cool. So verse 16 says, So I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to, to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. 
They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Good stuff. Paul Roby, anything you want to say there? I think we've all experienced that tension. I think we know what it's like to live inside of that, that and, tension. And, and we've talked about this previously uh, in this uh, season of podcasts here in the book of Galatians, but this can be very misleading, this idea that if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. I mean, some people say, you know, God spoke to me, uh, I feel like God wants me to do this, and it's contrary to the Bible, and they say, no, uh, what I hear from God is superior to what I read in the Bible. Mm. That is not a good idea. Also, this idea that we're not under the law anymore. No, we're not under the law, uh, just like nobody uh, has been under the law in regards to their salvation. The, the Jews were under the old covenant, but a new covenant has been instituted by Jesus Christ. It, the old is, um, re- has been repealed and replaced by the new. And so we're now walking by the Spirit. It's a fulfillment of what we read in the book of Jeremiah, that prophet in, I think it's chapter 30, uh, introduced the idea of a new covenant. Mm -hmm. And so he said there would be a day where the law would be written on your heart. And so when you, you look at what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth, and he takes from what Jesus said, and then those words the Holy Spirit brings to your our memory, and He helps us move toward the fulfillment of what Jesus said mm-hmm. in terms of living our life for the kingdom, living our life in, in a way that we reflect Him and His character. Mm-hmm. Now, in this section, we see the word walk, you know, walk mm-hmm. by the Spirit. Um, what does walk mean? I mean, just so if you're kind of new to the Bible, what does a walk mean? You know, it, it's, a, it's a term of friendship if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 2. Mm. Uh, G, uh, God and Adam and Eve, they walked mm. in the garden together. Yeah. God walked with them. It's, it's a Hebrew way of talking about friendship. Mm. Wow. And, and so Jesus's followers walked with him, mm-hmm. and they were his friends. Mm-hmm. And they followed him. Yeah. And so that there, there's that sense of co- companionship, connection, community, yeah. all that is in that word walk. Yep. That's great. Good stuff. Let's uh, move on to the next section, Adam. All right. Verse 19 says, uh, this is through, looks like verse 21, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Wow. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah, I think I said this before again, so I'm repeating myself, but people who say, I like to, I want to be like the New Testament church. Well, look at the New Testament yeah. church. It's like a spring break wow. episode. Oh, spring yeah. break <laughs> yeah. on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the culture was so uh, debauched. You know, it was so bad. They had to live counterculture. Yeah, uh, it was out of control. Yeah, I mean, we again, we have talked about how we assume that you know 
this is the way it's always been, where we have these kind of values. But these are Christian values right. in America, and that we shouldn't take those for, for granted. Mm-hmm. We benefit so much for having uh, a foundation built on God's Word as a country. Now, we've walked away from that, but not as far as these people. Right had been our way from You know, C.S. Lewis calls this whole theme of uh, thinking you're morally superior to people that lived in the past chronological snobbery. Yeah. I, and I love yeah. that phrase. It's so easy to be a snob that somehow we've, we are so enlightened to the morals of our day and uh, we have forgotten where they came from. Mm-hmm. But all of our thoughts come from somewhere. That We should just know that that's true. Someone pioneered the way we think now. And, and um, we should look back and say, wow, if we've experienced healthy relationships, if we've seen uh, what uh, healthy sexuality can be like in marriage, you know, that was revolutionary. And that revolution started uh, through God's goodness. And we see the New Testament doubling down on um, prohibiting these behaviors that actually hurt people. And uh, I think you read a list like this and and you think, yeah, I think I saw that in high school. Oh, that sounds like my college days. Um, (laughs) You know, you see some of that here. And uh, once again, Paul is connecting the dots, though. These behaviors are connected to your flesh. I think that's really important. It's not a list of rules. And I think that when you look at this, it's connected to our flesh. Again, it's our sin nature. And what is connected to our sin nature is the belief of lies, Mm -hmm. satanic lies, like that this will fulfill you this will actually make your life complete this is a this is worth striving for all those lies are connected to each one of these sins sexual immorality impurity debauchery idolatry witchcraft hatred discord jealousy fits of rage selfish ambition dissensions factions envy drunkenness orgies and the like there's a lie behind each one of those mm-hmm. and so if we're going to not participate in those things, we need to, what's called, repent. And that means change our mind. And really what we're changing our mind about is what's true. And so we identify the lie that will not fulfill, that is actually against God and His purposes. It is not consistent with kingdom values. Mm -hmm. And so now we recognize that and say, what will fulfill us? Oh, life with Christ. Life lived in harmony with Him and mm-hmm. His purposes. Yeah, I also think it's important to note here, you know, Paul throws sexual immorality and orgies into this list, and then also envy. And you're like, uh, those seem like, you know, kind of two <laughs> different types of things. But it's, it's important that we recognize something. I think uh, churches, religion in general, for a long time have singled out some sins on this list and turned a blind eye to others. Right. Mm. That is unfortunate, because I think the condemnation certain people have felt from religion, uh, from church, uh, because of which category of these sins they fall into is unfortunate, because Paul gives a very large list of ways that you can gratify the flesh, and it will be damaging and destructive to you. And jealousy is one of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell you, you know, that, you know, I, I, I'm in my mid-30s now. My life is pretty boring. It doesn't look the way it looked in high school. 
I can still be jealous, though. Yeah. And I'm on the list. Uh, fits of rage, all right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, that, that can happen. Um, selfish ambition. Selfish ambition. I'm going to talk about me and uh, my results and my success mm. more than I'm going to listen to somebody else and, and want to hear about theirs. Um, Can't celebrate someone else's success if you're all about selfish ambition. It's easy to look at this list and say, oh, so-and-so, there they mm-hmm. are. I see their sin listed. <laughs> no, let's slow down and say, do I see mine? Do I see mine listed? And I think over the years, uh, me in this list has changed, <laughs> but I'm still on it, okay? Yeah. And so I'm reading this, Eric, and I'm thinking, wow, if I read this for the first time, let's say you know, I became a Christian at 15, and I finally get to Galatians by the time I'm 16, <laughs> and I'm reading it, and it says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now I'm freaking out, because Ooh. I know I'm a Christian, I mm. know that I've, I've trusted in the Christ of the Bible. I believe that he is who he said he is and that he did what he said he would do on the cross. So I'm depending on him for my rescue. And now I'm thinking, but I am in that list. Yeah. Am I going to lose my salvation? Yeah. That person had too much to drink last week, and now they will not inherit the kingdom of God. So what would you say to that person? Man, that's a good question. Well, we, we have to ask a lot of questions. And I think the primary question, hermeneutical question, like how to read the Bible question here is, does inherit the kingdom of God translate as a synonym to being saved? I think right. that's the key question. And I don't think it does. I think if we were to do a little bit of research into the phrase kingdom of God and Paul's use of it, which I believe is rare, um, he has a lot of other words for talking about eternal life and salvation. He uses those phrases often, kingdom of God, he doesn't use a lot. We know that he says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. We know that he speaks of the security of someone's salvation. We know a lot. that in First John, John says anyone who says they don't sin is a liar. Right, mm-hmm. right. The Apostle Paul, in uh, in his in other places, writes about his own struggle with doing the things he doesn't want to do and not doing that which he does. And want you know, to do. these are on the list. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's not saying if you do these things, you will not go to heaven. But it's easy to read that way. I think this is what's happening. Inherit the kingdom of God is an approach to saying life where you experience full delight uh, with the King. The relationship will be harmed, and you will not experience the benefits of the relationship. Uh, joy in your life, peace in your life. You will you will miss out on the benefits of the relationship with God if you walk in the flesh, if you gratify the flesh. So I don't want us to read it as a salvation issue. I want us to read it as a way to thrive with the king in the kingdom issue. I do, and I agree 100% with that. But if a person's reading this and they realize, you know what? All these things are just ordinary and habitual in my life. There is no struggle here. I participate in these things freely. That person, I would invite to ask this very important question, mm. am I really a Christian? It's a great I mean, question. if this is the fruit of your life, we're about ready to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Yep. This is the fruit of the flesh. This is a great chapter on compare and contrast. Yeah, if this characterizes your life yep. instead of the fruit of the Spirit, you have you have every motivation to ask yourself, am I really in mm-hmm. on, on Jesus? And I think uh, if you read this and you think, man, I feel the struggle, like I see the struggle in my own life. That's actually a good sign because yes. it means the Spirit is in you That's and right. you are desiring to walk with Him. 
And if that's true, then in the middle of the fight, we can take encouragement, take heart. We know the fight that we're in, and it's hard to win a battle that you don't know you're in, but, with, but when you're in the battle, you know who your enemy is, it's much more likely you'll experience victory over those things. And so I think there's a lot of encouragement when you read this and perhaps uh, kind of sense the fight that Paul's describing. And you know, to win that fight, to win that struggle, it takes two things. First of all, we need to develop a new appetite for the things of the Spirit. And second of all, we need to spend the time to connect with God so He can satisfy that appetite. And so when I say that, I'm talking about giving us new affections, Mm -hmm. affections for Him. And so I actually love Jesus and all that the kingdom values that come with him and 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 the the purpose and the opportunity to represent him i love that more than i love my sin mm-hmm. it's it's all about affections and so this is the way to win the war over the flesh not by willpower but by new affections see and paul what you're saying alludes perfectly to the imagery that the apostle paul is going to bring into the text which is fruit mm-hmm. fruit is a byproduct of something healthy uh, you know, you think of a, tru- a tree that's healthy, strong roots, it bears fruit as a byproduct of its health. And I think um, for those of us who have spent a lot of time around church, we hear fruit of the Spirit. We've heard that phrase so long, the fruit, the fruit, the fruit. It's lost its punch. It's lost its power. Mm-hmm. The Apostle Paul chose that uh, imagery on, on purpose, I think. And uh, in an agrarian society, uh, fruit was, was very, very important. And mm-hmm. obviously, and, and you alluded to this... We cannot, a tree, a tree does not produce fruit uh, by trying harder. Mm. It's a natural process of health, like you said. Yeah. When the roots are healthy, when there's water, when there's sunlight, all the good things happen. Everything's set up to thrive if we stay plugged in to the Lord. That's right. And I think when, when the Apostle Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit, he's not inventing this illustration using fruit uh, in his own mind, he's building on so much of what Jesus said, yep. uh, passages where Jesus says, abide in me, um, you, you know, and your roots will grow deep, you'll, mm-hmm. you'll grow. I think, and we just talked about this Sunday in church, Luke 6, Jesus uses uh, trees once again to talk about fruit in, in our lives. He says, he says this, no good tree bears bad fruit. So let's just take what Jesus said and add it in to Paul's illustration about fruit. He says, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. So what's inside the health of the, of the tree will dictate the fruit on the tree or lack thereof, okay? Each tree is recognized by its own fruit, okay? I imagine Paul has that in mind when he's mm-hmm. writing. Uh, people do not pick figs from thorn bushes, so figs, very valuable, don't come from thorny things. They don't exist there. That's a bad tree, so to speak, and you don't get a good fruit from that. Or grapes, good fruit from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. And then this next line is what we camped on Sunday, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. We said that your words are a window Mm -hmm. uh, into who you really are and your deepest beliefs, who you are on the inside. They will come out uh, in your words. Your words words will be the fruit of who you are in many ways. So let's take that as sort of the backstory and then read this section in Galatians. Mm -hmm. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. 
Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. I love I love that section for so many reasons. Of course, we could camp on some of these uh, behaviors, these attitudes that are so valuable. I want us to camp for a second on verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh. The Apostle Paul uh, said earlier, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. He's just expanding on that here. And I think it's really important that if when we decide to follow Jesus, we want Him to be the authority over our thinking. Mm. And so when we decide to follow Him, we are saying, look, He was crucified for me, and now the old part of me, the sinful part of me, uh, I've crucified in my pursuit of Him. And so it's really important to look back at our past, look at the sin in our life, and say, I'm, I'm actively crucifying that thing. I'm killing that thing in me. And there will be times... The flesh pops up and, um, you know, those desires come back. But then I just remind myself again, I repent. I think the way Jesus thinks, and that's, I want to crucify that, that part of me. And I just right. think there's really powerful language here from Paul. Yeah, it's another word for that, the passions and desires is affections. Mm-hmm. And so it's a war of affections. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, are we going to put our affections toward Christ and the, and then bear fruit that is consistent with that, or are we going to uh, place our passions and desires, our affections, to, you know, in a natural way toward the flesh? And if we do, we'll be, bear bad fruit. Yeah, and I think this section wraps up with this line. So he goes on to like, you know, kill this thing inside of you, stay in step with the Spirit, and then twenty six. Let us not become conceited. It's like, oh, wow, that came out of nowhere. That seems like, you know, like he's got this real punchy language and then says, let's not be conceited, provoking and envying each other. Clearly they had a problem going on in Galatia (laughs) where there were people treating each other poorly. And so to speak into that, Paul talks about some magnificent theological truths, these gospel-centered truths that are big and robust and and powerful, the flesh, walking by the Spirit, um, you know, crucifying these things. But at the end of the day, that's what allows you to form a healthy community. You know, some commentators say that the fruit of the Spirit is love, and, and, and then the rest of this list is just consistent with a life of love. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've thought a lot about that, and I think there's something to be said about that. But if we, if we look at this list as a checklist, and okay, like I did as a 16, or you know, just growing up, not just as a 16-year-old, but in my room at night, okay all right, I need more joy in my life. Okay, i got to be more joyous. I've got to be more patient. Oh, I need more patient. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. We need to focus on our love in Christ, value Him appropriately. This is the normal and natural fruit that flows from that. I love that. I love that. I think, Paul, I appreciate you sharing personally there. For me, uh, because I've been around, you know, I spent a lot of time in churches with had some sweet old grannies in them, and I love. They were wonderful people. They talked about the fruit of the spirit a lot. In fact, when I went to their house, they'd be like crocheted above the bathroom mirror, you know, <laughs> fruit of the spirit. And there'd be a little mm-hmm. apple sewn there, and I think I inherited this this uh, sort of weak, um, dainty approach to the fruit of the spirit. Like when I get to that section, I interpret it as like light and fluffy, you know, mm-hmm. airy and and weak and. Um, uh, you know, sensitive and all this. And as you read it in context, this is 
Paul, Paul is, he is up front. He's direct. This is tough and it's robust. And he's saying, look, if you want to be the type of person who's ambitious and courageous and stuff, you don't get there by, by smacking down all the people in your community. You get there by, by loving people. And I think that that's the approach that, uh, that all of us should take into our friendships, into our communities, into our sports teams, whatever it is, you know, like the fruit of the Spirit should show up there, not because it's a nice and easy way to live, but because it's the thing that uh, tells you you've crucified the flesh. And mm-hmm. that's what I want to do. So anyways, I'm trying to sort of redeem it, take it from like a, a, a rom-com mo- movie, Fruit of the Spirit, <laughs> to an action movie, an adventure, you know, this, this kind of intense approach to these, these great things. So I, I don't want it to be feminized, so to speak, right. the Fruit of the Spirit is what I'm saying. Good point. Yeah. That's it, Adam. Cool. Well, I think that was good. And uh, I know that our listeners, I'm sure, got a lot from that. And those that are studying through with us... Um, are able to, to just learn something more. So thank you guys so much for going through the remainder of chapter five in Galatians. And uh, we will be back again next week as we start chapter six. Thank you guys for being here. Listeners, thank you for being here. We'll see you again next week. Thanks again for joining us for the Fully Delighted Podcast. If you enjoyed this hopeful and helpful resource, we'd love to have you leave us a review or share an episode with a friend. For more information about SMCC, please visit us at our website at smccutah.org. Thank you for trusting us with your time, and we look forward to having you back again soon.